This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet on Pat Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Today, I'm super excited to be speaking with Dr. Mary Gardner, who's the co-founder and chief innovation officer of Lap of Love Veterinary Hospice. We're going to be talking about her two books and why you need them as a holiday stocking stuffer. We'll be right back after these messages. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Super excited to be speaking with Dr. Mary Gardner, who's been on our show before. Mary, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me again, Dr. Justine. I love being here. All right, Dr. Gardner, just so our pet owner audience knows who you are, do you mind just giving us a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, and what Lap of Love is? Yeah, for sure. I am a small animal veterinarian, so meaning dogs and cats are my jam. And I was in practice in South Florida for a couple of years, but then in 2010, joined a classmate of mine for uh, for exclusively helping pets in the home with hospice and end of life. So that company is called Lap of Love. So I've been dealing with older pets and helping families say goodbye for over a decade now. And it's it's a wonderful niche that I'm so blessed to be a part of. You recently published a couple of books I always love when veterinarians publish books because people don't realize how much work it is. But please tell us a little bit about your books. Oh, it is a ton of work. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, over the years of helping families, a few things have have come to light. And one of them is that when I go to homes to help families with end of life, I realize that the vast majority of these pets have not been to their doctor in at least a year. And that is over 50%. So 50% of pets have not had the medical care they need um, right before they, they pass and, or the year before. But what I also found out is that these families are, are struggling with practical care of their terminally ill or geriatric pet. And it's everything from mobility to vision issues to cognitive dysfunction, and they're struggling. The other thing is that they taught me so much. The families that I've helped have really helped me learn some home hacks, if you will. And I decided probably about three years ago to to write a book on caring for the geriatric dog and cat. Originally, I actually combined the two to make one book. (laughs) 
And then I decided, uh oh, I, I got to separate the two. It's already, it's, it's too big. And I uh, decided to do a dog book and a cat book. And it's really been a long journey. Like you said, it's a lot of work. It's been three years and a lot of research. You know, it's amazing. It is so much work. And I also authored a dog and a cat book. The dog book is called It's a Dog's Life, But It's Your Carpet. And the cat book is called It's a Cat's World. You just live in it. And people don't often think about how much work it is to write books, but it was the same thing. I wanted to just write one book initially and ended up separating it into a dog and cat book because it's a very different audience. So love your books. It's never long enough. A practical guide to caring for your geriatric dog. And the cat book, which is nine lives are not enough. A practical guide to caring for your geriatric cat. Again, great stocking stuffers for this upcoming holiday for the cat and dog owner in your life. Tell me about these books. What did you summarize or what are your big takeaways from these books? Well, I think it is really important to know that I they're, they're very similar in design. And uh, I broke it into four sections. The first section for both of them is about aging and uh, what we could do to actually slow the aging process down for dogs. Like why do bigger dogs not live as long as the smaller dogs, right? And so that first section really talks about aging. And that, I also want to encourage anybody who has a cat that's even just middle-aged to get it now because there's things we could do now to thwart some problems that are happening and also hopefully... Um, prolong their lives, but but we have to start sooner than later. The second section is just um, all of the ailments that pets have. So I don't focus necessarily on specific diseases. There are a few that I do talk about, but if you have a dog that's got arthritis or disc disease or sarcopenia or cancer, and they're having mobility issues, I focus on mobility issues. And what can you do in the home that sets them up for, for safety and for comfort and the products that we could recommend and then the third chapter is about caregiver goals, their um, caregiver burden, quality of life assessment. That's huge um, because everybody doesn't you know, know how, to how to decide. And the last chapter is something that we usually avoid. And that's talking about when the end comes and, and euthanasia and even cremation options, and then also ways to memorialize your pet. So it's a full, it's everything. <laughs> That's amazing. It sounds like some incredible information. And for those of you guys who don't know, we've had Dr. Mary Gardner on before. And I want you to check out episode 129, what you need to know as your dog and cat become geriatric. And I remember when we chatted about this, it was things as simple as putting down yoga mats on the floor. You yeah. talked about dogs and cats as they get older, they get sarcopenia or what that means is just that basic or that severe muscle wasting that happens with older age. And again, I found the yoga mats just being so helpful because they're so sticky to the, the hardwood floor and they really help your dog walk. What about the cat book? I know it's very similar, but what, what are some takeaways when it comes to caring for that geriatric cat? Yeah. So the cats are, are so very different, you know, similar in some ways, but, but they are very different. You know, we, we walk our dogs, but we don't walk our cats. So, so many cats are left actually with pain and mobility issues, but we don't notice it like we do with the dog. And so I talk about things to look out for, for your cat, as simple as maybe them not getting up to the sunny spot anymore and them not wanting to get up on the cat tree or hesitating to get off the couch. A cat should never hesitate to jump down off of a couch. They, they, you know, bounce all over the place. And when they're just making a mild, a mild, like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get off the bed or off the couch. That could be a, a sign. So I'm, I do talk about the signs for mobility, for vision issues, for even, for even smelling 
And another big problem that our cats have is, you know, the litter box. And a lot of times, not just for mobility issues, but cognitive dysfunction and incontinence, they may not be using their litter box. And so I've got a ton of different litter box ideas and ways to set up the house to help those pet owners. So it's just a, it's a plethora of information and very different from the dog book, but designed so that way owners can, can, like I say, set up their house for success, figure out what products they need and make everybody happy. Definitely want to check these out. Uh, We'll make sure to include the Amazon link so you can check out her books. She also has a third one, and this one is designed for children, and I love this. Uh, This is called Forever Friend, a children's guide and activity book for saying goodbye to a special dog. Do you mind just telling me about this one too? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because I actually don't have kids, right? But I'm sort of a kid at heart. And I've had so many families ask me to help explain death or explain saying goodbye to their pet. And so I wanted to create something that could help the family have an open dialogue with, with their child. And so I actually, there's also a recent cat version of this too. You can't forget about the cat. So I've got a dog and a cat one. And so I teamed up with Colleen Ellis, who's a pet loss expert, and who's also written some other books on pet loss. And so we've got over 20 different activities for, you know, it's really is an open, it's to help open the dialogue with the family and between the family members. So everything from a crossword puzzle to a word find, but what I really love is the arts and crafts and the different ideas to help memorialize the pet and and help the goodbye process go a little bit better for the children. Thank you. That's so important, especially uh, of a mother of a a six-year-old, you know, we're dreading the day when that happens. And I misspoke. I thought you had three books. You have a zillion. You also (laughs) have two journals, Geriatric Dog Health and Care Journal and Geriatric Cat Health and Care Journal. And these are a complete toolkit for the geriatric dog or cat caregiver. And I love this because oftentimes as pets age, I know one simple thing that I used to do is like, I recommend writing on a calendar. Remember when In the older days when people use actual calendars, (laughs) marking good day versus bad day for your pet. And we always want to make sure that our pet is having more good days and bad days. Um, But just give us a little bit of background on these journals. Yeah, so that's exactly it. I wanted to have checklists. You know, the, the calendar is in there. Quality of life assessment scales. I have caregiver assessment scale. I also have cognitive dysfunction for both the dog and the cat. So that's, you know, for those listening, it's kind of like doggy Alzheimer's, if, if you will, but questions that I asked the family so that way they could start thinking about, you know, yeah, these are these changes that I'm seeing. So that way it's important to know that all of these will, will help the pet owner talk to their veterinarian and get the care that they need. So I made these journals to help literally journal or diary as the pet is changed, you know, has, has these changes. And there's also respiratory rate tracker, all these great tools. And a lot, uh, I have a lot of um, QR codes in the books that also link to a website with these pages in there as well. But I do love the calendars and things like that. So just put it together. It's beautifully illustrated. And uh, yeah, I've been busy. Huge congratulations, because again, it is a huge amount of work. So again, you know, I've talked about it in a previous episode. My older cat lived till 19 and a half. My uh, one dog lived till 13. And that was after stereotactic radiation therapy for a brain tumor. And, you know, we often don't think about how quickly that time passes. I remember saying to my husband the other day, I can't believe our current dog is 10. It just flies by. And we always want to make sure we're taking care of them really well. So thank you so much for always having a soft spot for those gray muzzled dogs and uh, those geriatric cats. Of course. All right. Let's take a short break and we'll continue with holiday 
dangers and holiday tips with Dr. Mary Gardner in just a few minutes. We'll be right back after these messages. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Really excited to speak with one of my favorite veterinary colleagues, Dr. Mary Gardner, who, again, has a soft spot for those gray muzzle dogs and those geriatric cats. And I will disclose, treating geriatric pets is one of my favorite, especially in the veterinary ER. I love the like triangular head and the growl of a geriatric cat where they're, they're just sort of like old curmudgeons, so like rawr, 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 as you're them. touching them. <laughs> So I absolutely love that. So I have a soft spot for them too. But what I wanted to talk about now is the upcoming holiday. This episode is releasing right around the holidays. And I often cringe when I see people buying or purchasing or adopting a new pet around the holidays, especially when they have a geriatric pet. Do you mind just talking about this a little briefly? Yeah, I know. I know there's some people that think, let me get another pet for for two reasons. One, they think it might, you know, help the older pet, you know, regain some energy. And and yes, that that may happen. But also they may want to be prepared so that way when the geriatric pet passes, there's not an emptiness in the home. However, I really discourage people to make such a large decision during the holidays. There is so much going on. There's, um, you know, a lot of a lot of travel, a lot of people coming in and out, and that could be really jarring to a geriatric pet in the first place. And the music, and the lights, and the you know the hustle and bustle, and really during the, the final life stage, we have to give them so much attention and care. And when you bring another pet into the house, you're going to divide up some of your time. And it isn't always good for the other cat or dog, the older one that's already there to have this new per- this new person, this new pet involved. And, you know, cats, especially they, they don't like a lot of change. And so really they want to be the center of attention. You bring in a kitten or, you know, another cat and it could really alter the, the boundaries and, and the lifestyle. So, and with the geriatric dog, if you bring in a puppy or, or a kitten too, and they're bouncing around and bumping into them and, you know, t- and being faster on walks, it could really, you know, hinder the, the quality of life of that geriatric pet. So I just say, pause and wait and just celebrate the holidays with your 
scrappy and scrawny, gray muzzle, <laughs> cat or dog. One thing that I often like is if you're really set on a dog or a cat, I like the idea of giving a coupon or a certificate yes. saying, you know, this coupon will allow you to adopt or purchase one pet. And the main reason why is it's not a rush decision. And it's something that everyone can think about. I will say even veterinarians oftentimes will get younger pets or they'll try to space out the age of their pets because they don't want to lose geriatric pets all at the same time. But you really want to think about it. And when in doubt, please talk to your veterinarian. And the main reason why is there are some diseases, something as simple as like chronic ear infections to osteoarthritis, where, you know, if there's a puppy nipping on or pulling on the ears of a geriatric pet, it can really be painful and result in an accidental bite. Yeah, no, such a good point. And, you know, a little shout out for the older pets. You should always think about adopting an older one too. So Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love yes. anything double digits. I'm a sucker for them. <laughs> Absolutely love it. In fact, we have a rule. We, we don't adopt kittens in our households. Uh, uh, first, they're way too energetic and too crazy. And I don't want kittens climbing up the curtains. But it's oftentimes harder for an older pet to get adopted or an older cat. Some of the older dogs, they, they sit in the shelter for a long time. And I do. promise you, you always get amazing pet vet karma when you adopt an older <laughs> pet. So again, uh, definitely a bonus points for that. All right. Let's talk briefly about a couple other holiday things. Now, this doesn't necessarily apply to geriatric pets because geriatric pets are usually, dare I say, wiser, and they don't <laughs> usually get into things in the household. But one of the things I worry about is when people put things under the Christmas tree or on the Christmas tree like tinsel. Do you mind just educating some of our pet owners out there on what we need to be cautious about. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The tinsel just makes me cringe. I love tinsel, but it could be, you know, as you know, as an ER vet, the, the linear foreign body, it can strangulate the guts of a cat or dog even, but the kitty cats are the ones that are most prone to it. So we really have to keep things almost like a toddler where it's waist up is what you have to um, decorate the tree. So the bottom of the tree should be, you know, naked, if you will, because it's light, it's glitter, it's it's so tempting for these for these cats and dogs. So have everything high because the foreign bodies that we see, that you see in the ER, that I see, you know, in general practice is is scary. And it also could lead to a lot of the trees falling over. So, you know, they, they go to jump up to get a ball or a tinsel or something like that, and then push and knock over the tree and cause a lot of damage. And uh, it's something to be careful of. And, and you just, you don't think of it, obviously, but I really do think, think, I really do suggest, think of your dog or cat like a toddler. Make sure to pet proof. Again, as much as we like tinsel, you want to keep it out of a cat household. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter where it is on the tree. They're going to find it. It's shiny. Yeah. It's bright. It's stringy. They want to chew on it. And same thing with ribbon and yarn. So we always have a holiday without any kind of ribbons yes. on the wrapping. In fact, I recommend that you use something recyclable like a holiday bag, but that's another story. <laughs> so when in doubt, you want to make sure you're pet proofing appropriately because again, puppies, kittens, younger pets, they want to get into that stuff. So secure your Christmas tree, uh, make sure it's not going to fall over, keep that tinsel ribbon yarn off because we don't want that linear foreign body. And if you like to gift any kind of food product, like 
I don't know, chocolate covered espresso beans, chocolate. Please oh, don't yeah. put it under the Christmas tree because guess Good who point. can smell it? Dogs, <laughs> right? They love to chew up the Christmas present or the holiday present. And then you end up going to the emergency room when it's super busy on Christmas Eve and Christmas and no or Hanukkah or whatever day. Nobody right. wants to go to the ER on the holidays. So please make sure to keep those food products out of reach. All right. I have one more tip when it comes to holiday proofing your pets. Now, you oftentimes will have guests come into the household. And these are household guests, they're humans that maybe family members that don't live with pets, right? And one of the biggest poisonings I see is when a dog walks into the guest room because they're never in that room. And people will put, they'll use a plastic zipper storage bag and throw all their vitamins and medications in them because they're traveling. And it smells weird. And they just throw it in the suitcase, right? And I can't tell you how many dogs I see chew into that stuff because it's a new smell. So you want to make sure your holiday visiting guests know to keep that out of reach and that they know the rules. So my general rules, and like you can print this out. It's veterinary approved. Print it out and put it by the front and back door. Don't let the cat out. Don't feed the pets. Don't leave the doors open. Keep the toilet lit down. You know, make sure you have all these rules just to keep your pets safe. Do you mind just talking about maybe some holiday related kitchen foods that pets might get into during the holidays? Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. So great tip about the, I never thought about the vitamins and, and the medications and Ziploc bags because that's what I do. So, you know, that's great. But yeah, the kitchen could be danger zone. As we know, chocolate is very, you know, toxic. And what do we cook with during the holidays? It's baking chocolate. It's lots of sugar products too. So, you know, we're giving our pets, if we give them a little extra cookie or something with icing on it, there's so much sugar involved, but there's some things that, that we should definitely avoid, particularly the baking chocolate that is toxic and, and horrible. My own sister, her lab got into a whole bag of Toll House, the little, you know, the chocolate chip cookie chips, and we had to, you know, take her to the hospital. So just be careful of all those baking products and uh, not only the ingredients, but also, you know, it could be unsafe in there. And my dog likes to jump up on the countertop and he could now take down all of these items. So make sure that if you're going to leave the room, those unique smelling things, get rid of them. So when you're also cooling your cookies and cooling your cakes, somebody's got to be watching. Made some incredible chocolate snickerdoodles and, (laughs) you know, it had unsweetened cocoa and, you know, I was putting it away because I was worried my dog was going to jump the counter. But a couple other foods you want to worry about, grapes, raisins, those horrible people who make fruitcake and give them away. We don't want your fruitcake, but (laughs) I have definitely seen some poisonings with fruitcake because it has raisins. And I've also seen a really bad poisoning with a rum-soaked fruitcake where the dog got alcohol poisoning. I never would have thought. Yeah. I guess that is a better way of eating fruitcake if you're going to eat it. But don't forget (laughs) like, (laughs) right. Don't forget those macadamia nuts or fatty foods or like the turkey bones or onions, garlic, food scraps. When in doubt, just give everyone in the household the rule. Please don't feed my pet anything without asking. And now- Dr. Jesse, what about poinsettias and the other flowers that people bring, right? Oh, great point. Great point. So, you know, when it comes to poisonous plants, thankfully, most people don't have holly or mistletoe in their house. They're a little bit poisonous. Thankfully, poinsettias are not as poisonous that we worry about. It's actually that milky white sap when you sort of break the leaf that comes out that can be an irritant. So I still have some poisonous plants in my house, like the poinsettia because my pets don't chew on it. But I will say 
if someone brings in a flower bouquet, um, the bigger danger for cats are lilies. lilies. They're usually in in florist bouquets. So make sure to keep that out of reach. Again, causes kidney failure. And we really don't want your end of the year holiday bonus going towards the ER vet. (laughs) So when in doubt, pet proof as much as you can. All right, Dr. Mary Gardner, any last tips? And do you mind just mentioning where people can find your books? Oh, goodness. Okay. Let let me see. Last tips is, you know, use this time so preciously towards the end. And I love making bucket lists. So, you know, think about even getting a professional photographer, whether it's just going to the beach one last time or the mountains one last time, just something to check off. And I have great tips in my cat book on cat bucket lists because so many people think that a cat can't have a bucket list, but it can. So all the books are available on online stores, including Books A Million and Amazon is the easiest place to find it and pretty good shipping deals. So I would suggest going there. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Always love chatting with you and huge congratulations on all the books. Uh, You can certainly just uh, go to Amazon and look up Dr. Mary Gardner. Again, her book, Nine Lives Are Not Enough, including her journals too. And again, we really want to make sure that we're taking care of our geriatric pets as best we can. Dr. Gardner, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank our special guests, Dr. Mary Gardner and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.